0: Stock up on Noon for the summer. Opt for Noon Sport for all your training runs, Noon Immunity to boost your system, Noon Energy for caffeinated boost, Noon Daily for your everyday hydration, and more. Visit Noon Life to receive 20% off your order when you use promo code NOONAMR20. Thanks to Dipsy for its continued support of Another Mother Runner. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories. If you're looking to light a spark or heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. Get the support us runners need from our partner Handful, the maker of our favorite sports bras. Choose from seven styles of bras in an array of colors. Save 15% at Handful.com with promo code HandfulAMR15.
1: Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I am Dimity McDowell and the co-founder of Another Mother Runner.
2: And I am Sarah Wessner Flynn, your co-host Dimity, and I'm coming to you from a very gloomy day here in Maryland.
1: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It is uh, a gloomy summer day. I think it's harder to handle than a gloomy winter day,
2: right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I did get plenty of sunshine. As you know, I just got back from Punta Cana. So no complaints about not having sunshine. It's just a lot of um, in and out with the kids and needing to do things and crafting and all that stuff. So I'd take a sunny day just to have the kids occupied outside. Have them occupied. Day. Well, you yeah. got to
1: swim in the swim in the rain this morning?
2: Yes. Um, I'm... Well, I organized an adult swim workout at my pool. Um, I did, I've done it for the past couple of years and try to get, you know, it's, it's more for me selfishly. Like I'm more motivated if I know I'm gonna meet somebody. So yeah. I opened it up to all the members of the pool. We've had like five or six people show up, um, which isn't that much, but you know, people are intimidated by swimming. So I wasn't yeah. expecting a big group, uh, but we got, you know, some people who are um, brand new to swimming and some people who've been swimming for much longer than I have but I write a workout and I jump in the pool with them and I do it on Tuesday evenings and Thursday mornings. So it's it's good. It's getting me motivated.
1: That is awesome. Well, full full disclosure here is I skipped our little master swim workout up at our pool this morning. It's at 545 and I went on Tuesday morning, but it is really nice to show up, have people show up and then also to have someone else write the workout. I'm like, yeah, okay, (laughs) I'll do that. I I will absolutely do that. So that is awesome. Well, I am excited to talk to our guest today. This is going to be a great episode because today's guest is a favorite in the another mother runner community we are thrilled to bring back celine yeager a health and fitness writer and podcast host of press play not pause Uh, celine is also an accomplished athlete which is way underselling her and a coach (laughs) Um, recently, Celine teamed up with Stacey Sims to write the book Next Level, your guide to kicking ass, feeling great and crushing goals through menopause and beyond, which is a sequel to the best-selling book Roar, which focused on female physiology and optimizing your workouts and nutrition.
2: As part of a special crossover between AMR Trains and our OG AMR podcast, we're bringing on Celine while SBS will chat with Stacey Sims. Today, we'll be talking to Celine about the book and other ways she is working to normalize conversations about menopause. So welcome, Celine.
3: Thanks. I'm great. Really
1: glad to be here. We're, we're excited to have you and um there is a lot a great amount of information so much good stuff in next level and there's a lot of overlap among the best practices for menopausal athletes but we've kind of informally divided up the topics we're going to cover on this podcast and the one on friday celine we're going to talk to you today mostly but if we venture off that's okay too mostly about body image endurance and cardiovascular fitness and mobility and, and then on Friday with Stacy Sims, your co-author, we're going to talk nutrition, strength training, and sleep. So if you're listening right now and you don't hear us mention how to lift heavy or give particulars, um, you know, that's tune in on Friday. We're definitely going to cover that. Um, but let's just start, Celine, with the impetus for the next level book. Um, you wrote in the intro, we have many goals for this book, but the biggest one is to bring menopause out of the shadows. Can you just talk about <laughs> why menopause is in the shadows given that half the
3: world's population goes through it. Absolutely. And you know, I'd like to qualify that I think that since even writing that sentence and now sitting here with you today, a lot a lot has happened and a lot of menopause is coming out of the shadows. I mean, there's been a groundswell leading to a tidal wave, honestly, which is very exciting to see. I I do think that in the athletic community, it's still not talked about quite as much. And that is changing. But, you know, menopause was something that was that has been shrouded in stigma and shame for a long time. And I think that it dovetails with our ageism, you know, and our fear of getting older. And menopause has often been synonymous with that, like synonymous with being past your expiration date and old and like all these things. And that's not, you know, it's not something women have ever seen wanted to see in themselves clearly, you know, or, are, are seen at starting lines, like you would see women disappearing. And I saw it myself. You would see women disappearing from, um, you know, like my mountain biking starting lines and, and bike racing and triathlon, like as soon as they sort of got into that late forties and early fifties. And there are a lot of reasons for that, you know, the symptoms that they're experiencing that nobody's talking about and they feel alone and they feel invisible. So my idea was like, we're, like you said. This is this is a natural course that every woman travels through. It's this, this transition that everyone tra- travels through that is not all negative, and it is painted as such. And women are sort of shuttled off, and they're sh- and they're shuttling themselves off. And all it takes is some people to start talking and to form a community and to shine a light for everyone to come back out. And that was really my main goal for you know hit play not pause the podcast and also next level the. Um, the book.
1: Oh, sorry, I called it press play. That was my bad. But it, you could also press play, not pause. <laughs> but
2: I like hit. Yeah, that's a better. That's a better play. verb.
1: It's hit play. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: I got it. Um, Celine, you mentioned you know that. There about the about ageism and how women are—you saw women disappearing from the starting lines. There's also a lack of research, um, it, and you mentioned this in the book. And you know, so, by 2025, more than one billion women will be experiencing menopause around the world. It's just staggering. So, you do have this huge audience, and it's going to impact so many people, and it does impact so many people. So, why is there this lack of research?
3: Well, there is. There's a there's a couple things going on there. Women traditionally have not been studied period. Because, you know, even when you look at cardiovascular disease research, when you look at any of those studies, don't even get into sports science yet. Like what they wouldn't look at women. I-, I actually did an interview with a woman who was a sleep scientist last week who said it wasn't until, oh, I want to say it was 1990 something that they were putting women in sleep apnea studies because the hormones wow. make things complicated, like mind blowing. So women have been excluded very largely from medical research period. When when you do look at some menopausal research, and of course that has happened, you know, it, it was always around the idea of hot flashes and some of these things. But if you want to look at women who are active in menopause, crickets, you're not really going to find anything. So I think really problematically is that there is not a lot out there for us. There's not a lot out there for, you know, the Title IX generation and everybody who's been active since then, because most medical studies are done on a general population. The general population, I don't know what the percentage these days, but is not intentionally active most of the time. You know, most of the public health messaging is trying to get people to walk every day or trying to get them to be active. So it does make sense that most of the uh, monies would go into serving this larger population that's sedentary, but it leaves a lot of us out in the cold.
1: For sure, for sure. I love that you said like, what do you say? Hormones are complicated or something like that. We're
3: like, yeah, yeah, we're living proof. We're complicated. <laughs> well, yeah, we're also fifty-one percent of the com- population, population, and if it's complicated and affects our health, maybe we should study it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Sorry, sorry, we're making it a little bit more speed bumpy for you, but hopefully you can figure it out. Well, you and Stacy have done a lot for changing both acknowledging that women's physiology is different, right, and changing the course of conversation, um, and hopefully waking up to the fact that women, no matter where you are in the menopausal menstrual cycle, you can st- still kick some serious butt. So let's walk it back a bit and have you um, share about how you connected with Stacy in the first place.
3: Yeah, no, it's that's actually a, a, one of my favorite stories because it's it was such a, a delightful moment in my life. You know, at the time, I was uh, doing, I still do a lot of books for Rodale, but now they're Penguin Random House. But, you know, at the time it was Rodale Inc. And they are the publishers of Bicycling who I've worked with and Runner's World, et cetera. And I always had my eye out for people to collaborate on books with because that's a big part of what I do as a writer. And I am also a cycling coach. So those worlds came together. I was at a uh, USA Cycling Summit out in Colorado Springs. This must have been 2012, I'm going to say. And um, I was kind of going with some dread and trepidation because they always had the same old guys talking. It was was very much an old, they just did. It was like this old boys club where they had the same lineup. Literally, you would go to a session on women's cycling and the guy would say three or four times, well, I don't really work much with women, but, and I was like, what are we doing? Um, So I was going to actually just skip most of it and go for a mountain bike ride, but the guy I was staying with, said, I think you should go and see my friend Stacy Sims because she is really great and she has some new things to say. So I was like, okay. So I went and saw her and she stood up and she talked about the menstrual cycle and how it affects blood plasma and hydration. And she talked about uh, flow and periods and all this stuff, like words I had never heard uttered at the USA Cycling Summit in my life. And it was people were wrapped. You know, as soon as she was done... She got up and it was like the wave of people went to follow her as though the Messiah had just walked out the door. And I was like, this woman needs a book. Like she needs a book. So I got in the line and I just stood there with the sole purpose of saying, I would like to talk to you about writing a book. And I got to her and I was like, hey, I'm Celine. You should have a book and I can help you write it. And she's like, cool, sure. And like literally and that, and we started (laughs) the process. Like I ended up, you know, flying out and doing, all kinds of sessions with her motor pacing, doing hill repeats up Mount Tam, you know, peeing on urine sticks and doing all this crazy stuff uh, to see the, how women's physiology was impacted by all different kinds of nutrition. And, you know, we spent the better part of a couple of years putting it together and that was the birth of Roar. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, That's so, so cool. cool. So um well in particular to uh next level what's the writing process or what was the writing process like um how did you guys come up with what you're going to include in the book there's so much in there Um, and how did you kind of divvy the load there yeah the writing
3: process for both books is is fairly similar you know i'm uh, as the writer i am good at synthesizing all of the information into what should be into an outline stacy is incredibly prolific at um blogging you know at the time she had some blogs she's very she speaks a lot so there was a lot for me to draw on you know of her body of work and how and her studies and her research so I would just pull that all in outline it you know make a skeleton have her fill it out and we volley it back and forth that way and with Next Level you know I had a very good idea working with some women, you know, working in this space, because I had started to hear from the women in the menopausal community what they were interested in that was not in Roar, so I was just collecting those notes, and then it was it was pretty easy, like once we started, uh, for me to flesh out what I thought should be there. And she, had concurrently, was doing a course for uh, menopausal athletes. So between the two of us, we had. Yeah. All the information we needed, actually, more information. We couldn't fit all the resources <laughs> yeah. in the book. They kept putting on, they kept adding more, you know, page counts to it. And they're like, You're at 320, that's it. <laughs> no, anything else has to go on a website. I'm like, Okay, we got so. it. We got it. I love it.
1: I love it. Well, so before we delve into the challenges of menopause and we'll first talk about body image, I want you to please touch on how it can be a change for the better. I know a lot of us, including myself, you know still look at menopause with dread and what used to be and what is coming on without any you know prompting of your own right so what are some good things to come from this stage in our
3: lives you know the thing that i think that is is most positive about it and it's it's sort of concurrently with the age in which it happens is that you really come into your own you know i mean you you are less concerned about Uh, child rearing and all that other stuff. And you're, you're really becoming the woman that you have been building yourself to be. And you care much less about what others think, you know, and you're more willing to speak your mind. You know what works for you, you know what doesn't. And, you know, sure, there are definitely challenges, right? But I have come now that I have lived through this transition largely myself and I'm on the other side of it and I've worked with so many other women and now looking at the research, I've really come to view this menopause transition as this opportunity to get um can I curse on this slide to get yourself yeah. together. Yeah. You yeah. Know, to, to, you know, like this is a this is a great time of self-assessment and be like, what do I want? What's important? How am I going to change my training to optimize my physiology now? And a lot of those changes are going to benefit you with the aging process, which is which is separate. You know, I mean, sure, they happen concurrently, but there's a lot of overlap and dovetailing that happens with the aging process when we talk about bone health, musculoskeletal health, brain health. And this is a really good opportunity to start implementing those Um, changes in your training and the way that you want to approach your nutrition and your lifestyle and all of that, that is going to benefit you for the whole, all these other chapters to come. Mm
2: -hmm. Nice. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I think that's such a great outlook and um, it gives so many people hope and optimism and this the pragmatic approach that you take to it lining it up step by step is so helpful. So talking about being helpful, one subject you do touch upon in the book is body image. And you say changing the cultural conversation starts with each of us and you challenge the reader to work as hard on mindset and point of view as you do on your physical strength and endurance. So can you touch on how poor body image during the menopausal years is directly linked to anxiety and depression? I know that's such a huge question, but how do you strike the balance between a healthy mindset and a healthy body?
3: You know, it, it's it's eating disorders rear their head in a terrible, terrible way during this time of life. And um, when I was younger, I had a woman friend who was 50 and she died of heart failure from an eating disorder that had come up wow. again during menopause. So and I see the self-loathing and the like it's it's actually the hardest part of being um, you know, in, in a, at the head of a community like this is I do absorb a lot of the angst and the pain and it's real because especially in an athletic community when they're very used to um, A plus B equals C as far as like my aesthetics and how my body cooperates and all this stuff. And all of a sudden they're, they are doing the same thing, but their body is changing. And some of that change is just, it is going to be change. I mean, your body is going to have a little less muscle and a little more fat, like pretty much across the board, like those body compositions change and it's your body's way of making hormonal changes for you. You know, I mean, there's a lot, there's an interplay with fat and estrogen that is happening, you know, as your natural estrogen levels are dropping and as your ovaries are producing less estrogen. So that's like enormously challenging, right? Like that is for, uh, it's an enormously challenging and I 100% get it. I, I, I feel, and yes, so those there's a lot going on that that in itself can cause anxiety, can cause depression. Um, concurrently while your moods are changing because your your hormones are changing. But it's super, super important to um, not exacerbate that. You know, with your own self talk and your own language. And it sounds very simplistic, but if you work on it, it actually does get better. I mean, because your hormones, whether or not you go in hormone therapy or not, things do kind of settle down and normalize through this transition. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. But working on strength, working on what your body can do, you know, that's one of the real big benefits. And that studies have even been done. Like, we're not going to talk about lifting heavy in this episode, but when you do talk about it, the mental benefits are enormous. The body image benefits are enormous. I mean, it's a it's a real thing and it does improve your body composition. So you are actually seeing some changes, too. But like when I when I talk about it, starting with us, I also think it's very, very important because one of the things that happens that makes things worse is that women will get to this point where things are starting to change, so they, they do the thing that they have always done. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to exercise more, you know, and that's, that happens all the time. And there's a lot of danger that comes with that because women in this time of life may not get the regular signs of low energy availability or relative energy deficiency in sport, which is a lost period or skipped periods, right? They don't, they won't see the same red flags and it's in doing that raises cortisol raises stress which women in this transition are already struggling with so the body is really just going to hang on to all of this more you know it's counterproductive if you want to just change your body composition or steady your body composition so that that is problematic exercising more piling on miles that is problematic also because you're raising the stress on your body you're not giving your body a chance to recover all of that is just counterproductive to your goals so coming at it in a more, um, positive place is, is important. Feeding yourself feeding, fueling yourself around your workouts. All of that helps your body and it helps your mind because when you start cutting carbs, you get more anxious. Like it's all this big picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no, you can't really tease it out. What I, what I really, really encourage people to do too, is to just be mindful of your self-talk because when I say, I look like a menopausal cow. I oh this fat I look terrible. My legs. What you, you're you're you don't mean to, but you're telling other people they look terrible. Are mm-hmm. you making them feel that they might look terrible? And that that's real. That's contagious. You know, so I I feel that so strongly. Like the women's magazines have done this thing to us where we talk about our our muffin tops and we we have these like terrible terms for our bodies and we've absorbed this and it is a contagion and it's it, I, it's almost like a disease and i just would love to to put an end to that and just see like see what your body can do and you're always going to be more critical of your body than it, what you're seeing in the mirror is not what other people are saying in you right like that is that's always the case so it's just something i feel super super strongly about and when you when you turn it into a more positive place and you focus on what your body can do and you fuel your body around your workouts and you have this more centered presence around you know living through your body and not for your body or this image, you all that other stuff that's th- those dominoes start falling and you actually do become in a place where you're more satisfied. Does all that make sense? I know that was a long complicated. Yeah, no, but example. I think it's,
1: I love that idea of living through your body, not for your body. I just wrote that down because mm-hmm. that, I mean, oh, that is a, that's a hard transition to make, but holy cow, it's a big one. And I mean, but so, also, so, yeah, go ahead. Let, well, I was just going
3: to say like, let me, let me just finish with, yeah. How many times in your life have you gotten to a certain age and then you look back at pictures of yourself five or 10 years prior <laughs> when you hated what you saw and you're like, oh, I looked great. I looked yeah. amazing. That yeah. does not change whether you're 40 or 50. When you're 80, you're going to go, I was slamming. Like, so just don't <laughs> waste time. Agreed. If you don't have that many like, just don't waste that time, yeah. you know as Macklemore says, these are the good
1: old days, like right now we're living in right. so yeah, totally so, so, so yeah. good up, I love it, I love it. well, yeah. and I gotta say, Celine, you hooked me from your forward, which was different than the intro. Your forward was a more of a personal essay about you going from forty age forty seven to forty nine and you are you know, you are a very very accomplished athlete, Ironman you know, mountain biker. And you said you went from super muscular to somebody who, you know, you said gained fat in places where you'd never had it. And, um, and that's, and, and, you know, again, as somebody who, you know, really defines herself by my movement, by my body, by what I look like, you know, not in a like vain way, but just like that is my identity. It is hard to have it just shift underneath you. Right. So I mean, you know, again, I know you've kind of just talked through this, but I'm just curious, like, was there anything you did for yourself? Did you practice that positive self-talk? I mean, like, just talk me through a little bit how you got through those murky couple years of perimenopause before you got
3: to come out on the other side. You know, I've gotta say, and I'm gonna go back to it. I um I took Stacy's advice and I started lifting heavy. Okay. And that really was a sea change for me. Like it it made me feel powerful and it made me feel strong and it made me better on my bike and it made me better running like honestly like it actually made me a better athlete too at that time I could always get away without it you know but I'm like okay 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 I will do it (laughs) I will go in and I will and I was like oh my god like it was it was a light switch going on and that helped a lot because I started to just feel better about my body like I was Uh just like I'd come home buzzing and I'd be like yeah and you know, and then some of my, because when I was lifting heavy, some of that muscle tone came back, but it took lifting heavy to get some of that muscle tone back. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Awesome. Uh,
2: prior to starting to lift heavy, were you lifting at all? Or was it like just secondary to the rest of your ex? It was
3: really secondary. Cause I could get away with it. I was very muscular anyway. I mean, I would go in, in the winter for sure. And just, you know, make sure that I was keeping my foundation strong, but mm-hmm. I, I, I was not doing, um, I had just never absorbed the five sets of five, like the really low reps, you know, like heavy stuff. It just it hadn't spoken to me. And I was like, eh, you know, I'd written about it a million times. I knew intellectually, but right. it's like we we are all we've all been there where we, we don't take the advice because we're like, eh, I don't need that. Um, but that was where the light switch really went off. When I, you know, I went to a CrossFit gym, I'm like, okay, teach me to deadlift. Cause had never like lifted heavy deadlifts. I'd only done like the dumbbell stuff you see in shape magazine. And, um, you know, I did all that and I was like, this is a game changer. I mean, it really, it really was, it was, it really was a, a pivotal point in that menopausal transition where I was like, okay, you know, I mean, there were other things that I I started taking some of the adaptogens to sort of deal with the stress and that helped too. like bringing down the stress helped a lot, um, you know, which also helps you sleep, which also helps your body count, but you know, it all, these are all things that they're all connected, you know, like, but that's why I tell people like people get overwhelmed and I'm like, just pick one thing, you know what I mean? And that's why in the book, we even say, if you do nothing else, Get some heavy lifting in your system, you know, start there. Like sometimes you just need like one thing, don't get super overwhelmed. Like I need to do every single thing in this book. That's Mm -hmm. not the point. The point is these are broad brush strokes that will help you, you know, if things are going a little awry for you.
2: Right, right. Or a lot
3: awry.
0: One bummer about sticking with walking instead of returning to running, I haven't worked up the chutzpah or felt the need to be part of the sports bra squad while I walk, which means I don't show off my good-looking and top-performing handful sports bras. The only time anyone catches a glimpse of my handful is when I lift my tank top to wipe sweat off my face on the pickleball court, which is a shame as I have a slew of pretty colored handful Wyback bras. It's no surprise Handful bras look as good as they support. All Handful products are designed by women, right here in Portland, Oregon, I might add. The Handful's team's purpose is supporting women so they can grab life by the Handful. The brand's products are backed by the Handful High Five, which are the G-rated F-words the team swears by. Fashion, function, feel, fun, and fight against breast cancer. Handful supports women with breast cancer through a variety of initiatives, including donating 12.5% of revenue from their Battle Cry Pink products to the Young Survival Coalition, which supports young women dealing with breast cancer. Breast cancer survivors get 30% off Handful products for life, and survivors also get free pads so they can customize the look, fit, and feel of their Handful bras. Handful makes seven styles of bras in a Crayola array of colors. Shop for your perfect Handful bra at handful.com and save 15% with promo code handfulamr15. Again, that 15% code is handfulamr15 at handful.com. Handfulamr15 at handful.com. What's your summertime fantasy? A whirlwind romance in Italy, getting wet dancing in a wet rainstorm, or maybe an unexpected summer fling? No matter how you want to get steamy this season, Dipsy has a sexy story for you to indulge in all your fantasies. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women, a fact I really appreciate. Dipsy can be your trusted go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or turn up the heat with a partner. Dipsy brings scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. It's a judgment-free space where you can explore, letting your curiosity guide you, Find stories about that intriguing coworker with an Irish accent or hooking up with your buff cycling instructor. Not sure where to start in Dipsy? A quick two-question quiz lets the app suggest stories that'll get you going. It's served up Off the Record, Hometown, Masquerade, and Team Players, among others for me. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new or someone new to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash AMR. Dipsystories.com slash AMR. On the last episode of AMR Trains, I suggested stocking up on noon since this is the season of sweat. Well, guess who took the advice? None other than Dimity McDowell. Using our 20% discount code, Noon AMR20 at noonlife.com. Dear Dimity ordered eight tubes of fruit punch and a dozen of her all-time favorite flavor, Kona Cola, which Noon only carries in the summer as a seasonal favorite. If you're asking yourself what is this Noon of which you speak, Sarah, here's the 411 Noon is electrolyte-rich tablets you drop into a bottle of water to let it magically fizz and dissolve. Each variety of Noon contains differing amounts of electrolytes, like Noon Sport, the kind Dimity bought contains more potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium to replace what you sweat out during your workout. There's also Noon Immunity, packed with vitamin C and other immunity system-supporting goodness. Noon Vitamins, a blend of vitamins, minerals, and electrolytes for healthy hydration on the go. And Noon Rest, a soothing blend of magnesium, potassium, and tart cherry to lull you off to la-la land. These are just three of the myriad options Noon serves up. There's a fun, quick hydration helper quiz on the Noon website that'll help you find the perfect Noon products for your needs. Whatever flavor or variety of Noon you choose, get 20% off your entire order by visiting NoonLife.com and using promo code NoonAMR20. That website, N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E.com and the code nuunamr 20 all one word, to save 20% noonlife.com code noon amr20
2: well let's let's move to to cardiovascular workouts um and training for endurance sports since all of our listeners out there they love to you know a good uh long run yeah you know coming back with with soaking sports bra and training for marathons half marathons Maybe be. We also know that long, slow distance runs, um, and easy runs are also favorites around these parts, myself included. So can you talk a little bit about how you can still do the things you love as you've continued to do, but also make adaptations to some of your workouts?
3: Yeah. And you know, the thing is you don't have to, I mean, I will never give up. I, I don't, I go back and forth with runners. I'm a sometimes runner. You know, I get into it and I'll do something like a big run, but then I'm, I'm a cyclist at heart. So it always mm-hmm. goes back to that. But I'm never going to give up my five, six, seven hour ride, right? I'm never going to give that up. I love that. That's just part of my identity. And it's really important to me. And that's how people feel about marathons, right? Or ultras or whatever. Totally. We have ton of them in the, in the membership. But, um, you know, what becomes more important is that polarization, you know? So you really, you want to hit, you know, the cortisol piece, you know, when you, when you just stack on mile after mile after mile, your body is in that stressed, you know, cortisol is already up. You're not really getting rid of it. And it's not when women end up getting a little more injured, they don't end up getting the same rate return on investment of their workouts, you know, it's, it's just not as productive. So doing sprint interval training, not even like the in-between hit, I'm talking about like Tabata kind of stuff, 30 second kind of stuff it's really good for that cortisol, but it's also really good for uh, human growth hormone and all the hormonal milieu that you really want to activate. So those sprint intervals, they, they, they sort of pick up the slack where your hormones are leaving off, right? So that's, that's really important. And you can piggyback those onto even lifting heavy days. You know, that's what I do. Like I'll do, you know, some sprint intervals on my bike or if I'm running or whatever, and then I'll do a couple sets of heavy lifting and I'm good. And then some plyometrics that so we'll talk about. It. it doesn't take that long. That's the beauty of those things. And then on the weekend, have at it. Go, you know, you know, go for your longer runs. Just it's staying a little bit out of that um tempo steady state. And and then the first question that you always get is like, well, but what if I'm training for something? I need some of that. And for sure, when you are in your training block, right? Like we all have training periodization blocks where that becomes a race specific workout and there'll be several weeks of time where you're doing some of that in between work because it's just sport specific but in general when you're not in like the build up to a long long event you know then keep it a little more polarized do more of the short starts, short sharp stuff and the long super like really genuinely not I'm saying I'm easy but I'm not easy but like the really genuinely easy runs you know that's that's Great stuff. Like both of those things together work very well. And we've had some people in the, you know, it's hard to trust that, but I've had a lot of people come into the hit play, not pause. We have a Facebook community, you know, who have had their best, marathon times it was a woman who just did Boston like they they trusted the process and they they were like wow okay this works and this is especially true for long-time runners like women are built for endurance period but if you have miles and miles and miles and miles in your legs you don't need all that filler you know you, you need the you need the specific you need the short stuff and sure you need some of those long easy runs but you don't need all you don't need all the filler yeah,
1: I like it. Well, <clears throat> you talked a little bit about, this. so it's called uh, Sprint Interval Training or SIT. That's what um, the mm-hmm. the acronym you guys give it in Next Level. Um, and so I've t- done two of them. <laughs> I did it on my bike and um, it was, um, I believe, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off times five and then a break and then um, like a three or four minute break and then doing yeah. that again at really, really high like power that I'm like, holy cow, I've never seen that number before really hard how do you i i enjoy it because it's short and it's challenging but it's also almost so challenging mentally to be like okay i am going all out you know so i mean um you again you have a very athletic mentality but if people are not and like myself who are like oh i I really like that gray zone i liked i feel like i did a workout (laughs) but not work too hard how do you kind of get into that mentality to say okay i'm going for it right
3: keep it to 20 seconds, 20 seconds. What, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you could go 30, but okay. like, but, but I have found, um, I don't know that there's any research to back this up, but I have certainly seen throughout all the time, riding for bicycling since 1990, what six is that 20, anybody 20 seconds, they, they feel good about nailing something. As soon as like, that last 10 seconds from 20 to 30 feels like an eternity, but yes. like mentally you can rat like 20 seconds is that sweet spot where you're getting all those benefits, but you don't have to really talk yourself into it the same way. Ah,
2: that I like is it. my advice. Okay. I like would you, it. <laughs> would you increase the rep then, or you would still do the five times 20 or would you do six times 20? Yeah.
3: I mean, that's, that's you, you, you start to split hairs at that uh-huh. point. I mean, yes, you could add another rep, but I mean, it, it it's, it's not, really you're just trying to get um you know a couple minutes total of that kind of intensity Mm -hmm. however you want to divvy that up
2: got it well speaking of intensity you also dedicate a whole chapter in next level to jumping so that's kind of yeah (laughs) it's so fun (laughs) um it's kind of a crossover thing because it builds strengths and mitochondria but it also is a great cardio workout uh can you talk about the benefits of jumping jacks, squat jumps power skipping also i want to know about protecting your knees because that just all that just sounds kind of painful on on the knees if you got lots of miles on them
3: yeah yeah and it and it shouldn't be i mean I, uh, jumping is important it's important to do it a with good form and it's important to build up to it right like um small squat jumps where you just like barely leave the ground because you always it's like starting to run when you haven't run for a while mm-hmm. you know you need to build up those connective tissues you need to build up the muscles that are supporting those connective tissues so i'm not going to be like get out the box and jump as right. high as you can you know that you don't want to do that you want to build up to it and then your joints you know it's actually there's i just wrote about this there was a study that came out that it's it's protective against osteoarthritis and with women who have mild cases it's they have less pain And that makes sense. It's the same thing with runners. People are like, you're going to ruin your knees. And you guys know that's not true, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's the same, it's the same process. It's the same principle at work. So you, you build up to it and it's so good for your bones. It's like so good. And it's so good for your muscles. When I'm doing jumping stuff and then I go for a trail run, I feel, I can really feel the difference in my, I'm not tripping. I'm not hitting every rock that is sticking up. Like I'm very, I'm much better at like, hitting my stride and keeping my feet up. So it, it translates super, super well. You know, I interviewed uh, Magda Boulet for the show uh, way early mm-hmm. on in the show. And she is a giant fan. She jumps, she does box jumps with a 20 pound vest on. Wow. And I'm telling <laughs> like, you work up to that too, right? Like, let's <laughs> friends, she's doing a hundred miles in Leadville, yeah. but, but she is, she's like the thing she does not give up are the plyometrics because that stress on your bone and that just keeping that that really explosive power will benefit you forever. If you want longevity and running, for sure, it's really beneficial.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, and you mentioned in the book to just do like, um, like maybe start with like one set of 10 in the morning and one set of 10 Yeah, you don't in the need much. You, yeah, don't, you don't, don't need much. A couple that's, that's times the- a week. Yeah, you know. that's and that's what you said about the the twenty seconds. I mean, that's what I really love about this is we are being so efficient with our yeah. workouts now. You get to you know you're like, okay, I've put in all the miles, I've done all the long runs, all the ten mile tempos or whatever. So now I get to like you know. Come out on the backside, and and they are challenging. You got to definitely be in the right headspace, get the right music, all that stuff. But um, but it definitely makes a difference. I like it. And you talk a little bit about um, you just mentioned that you know the uh, the pool is a good place to start. Maybe if you do have yeah. some joint issues, or talking to your physical therapist. I just want to like because I, I I don't want people to rule it out if they have had knee issues. Like there are totally. ways to get back there, right, Celine?
3: Yeah, yeah, there are ways to get back there, and it and again it. It may end up helping you. I mean, it is important to learn good form and to address any issues for sure. Um, some people do what we call um, threatening to jump, which is like you start just like exploding up, but you really don't leave the ground much. You know, if you're still getting that that benefit. And and then just like little bits of air. But yeah, I mean, if if you have existing issues for sure, work with you know your people on that. But mm-hmm. it it you'd be surprised between lifting heavy and this kind of stuff you actually can sort of pain proof yourself in ways that you don't really pain proof, just going out and banging out miles. I love it. I love it. We
2: all need that for sure.
1: Well, yeah. So let's talk, uh, let's move on to, to um, the, the part that I know that I don't like to do, but I'm seeing such a big return on my time that I'm, Liking it more and more and that's like foam rolling mobility stability stuff Um, you know there you talk a little bit about menopausal arthritis um, as it it's kind of a misdiagnosed thing Um, so talk a little bit about that and talk about how getting uh, getting on the foam roller um, can make a big difference.
3: Yeah, and those those are a couple of different things. So, so menopausal uh, what they call, which is not a thing, but they you know yeah. sometimes <laughs> referred to as menopausal arthritis, is when the hormones shift, you can get like an inflammatory response, and it can cause some women experience full body joint pain with that. And okay. if it is if it is bad and it's intractable, menopausal hormone therapy can help that. You know, I mean that okay. that, is, that there are there's evidence for that. So. Mm-hmm. But there's, but there's also other things going on that can cause sudden like niggles and aches and pains that maybe you haven't had before we hear that a lot too. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is that your progesterone and your estrogen have, you have receptors in all of your connective tissue for your sex hormones, and they are responsible for keeping things just right between elastic and tense, right? Right. But as they start fluctuating and declining, all of a sudden things aren't just right between elastic and tense and you, and you are losing muscle, which is your stabilizer around your joint. So that's like a perfect storm for all of a sudden, yeah. like getting these little niggles because your knee's not getting the support it had before structurally or muscularly. Right. So that's, it becomes much more important to stay on top of your stability work your mobility work, you know, making sure that your muscles are rolled out. So nothing is pulling here or, you know, constricting here, all of that just becomes it's magnified. I mean, you maybe you could have gotten away without doing any of that work before working it into your warm up and your cool down. Now is just going to help you a lot because again, so much of this book is about doing things that are picking up where your hormones are leaving off. And, and though hormone therapy does, introduce some hormones into the system. It does not put you into a premenopausal state. It's not that many, hor- it's not, it, they don't dump that many in. And even if they did, you don't have the receptors for them. So it, yeah. you know, it's, it's helping, it's helping with symptoms. It, it helps with a lot, but it doesn't, You it, it doesn't just put you back into where your native sex hormones had you before you hit this menopause transition. I think that's just really important because a lot of people think, well, I'm doing hormone replacement and it's, it's why some people ch- try to change that nomenclature and not call it replacement because it really isn't replacing them. Um, but yeah, it's no paying attention to, and it and again, I, I I feel like a broken record, but it's important to say you it does not need to be all consuming. It really, yeah. it really is just incorporating some lunges, some bounds, some high knees, you know, some of the things, some single leg that like all these things that you would do, swing leg swings. You know the lunges with your arms over your head just to like get your body going through those motions and make sure that everything is balanced and stable and strong but it doesn't have to be a mission it doesn't have to take all day <laughs> you know it's
1: it's
3: it, it really I love doesn't that. I love that. yeah yeah
1: yeah totally totally
3: i just noticed it now go ahead urinary yeah. incontinence i mean a lot of women you know they start peeing themselves when they run when they hit this this thing I'll, when i talk to a lot of um pelvic floor therapists i've had a couple on the show along with others like sometimes that urinary continence not even sometimes often it's coming from a weak core it's coming from imbalances in your hips so all of a sudden your pelvic floor is not able to do to hold up what it's supposed to because it's having to do the work of your abs and your obliques and your back and like things that it wasn't supposed to are like your hips are doing this so it's just like your public floor is like, I can't hold it anymore. You know, so making sure that you're on top of all that core foundational training also helps with that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask about the functional part of core. So obviously, you know, we think about cores, like you mentioned the magazines, you know, trying to, to uh, diminish those messages about beach body and whatever. But like, you know, core is so much more important than that and just the aesthetic
3: Oh, totally. And it's it's not just your abs. I mean, you know, we we still have this idea, like it's these muscles that you see in the mirror, but you think of your core as a canister, you know, it's everything surrounding your torso along with the bottom of the canister, which is your pelvic floor, and your diaphragm is involved in all that, We, you know, there's a lot, we talk about all that in the book, but all that works together beautifully to support you when you run and you can see it when someone is running and their core starts to fatigue, things go to hell, right? They start bending (laughs) forward. You can see it on a bike too. People's legs start flopping out. Like you can see when people's core muscles start just giving up the ghost because everything else just starts going its own way. Cause it's what keeps you stable
2: yeah that's one thing i've noticed about like race photos i'm like god i used to look so much better at the end of races and now i'm like all like in this weird like i look like i'm dancing like my arms are out like this (laughs) not good so that's a good reminder that i need to work on my core especially after having four kids it's just a lot of
3: yes (laughs) it's very (laughs) important for you after four children yeah
2: yeah awesome awesome well i
1: love i mean i i I guess I know that, I mean, after reading, I have read your whole book, I know that hormones like seep into almost every cell in our body and every movement and almost seems like every tissue, but hearing it again, just hearing it when you talk about, you know, um, joint laxity and muscles and all that stuff, it's just, you don't realize, gosh, how powerful they are and how much we need. And I love that idea of what you give in the book is stuff to help you make up the gap between what your body's doing naturally and what you can do individually. To That's support awesome. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Celine, can we ask how old are you today? We know that you're over 49. I am 53. <laughs> you're 53. Okay. And so are you, I think you are truly postmenopausal. Right? I am.
3: I, Stacy, don't listen. I have never been a tracker. So it took okay. me like, it's not like I, it took me a while to be like, I think it's been a year, but it's definitely yeah. been over a year. Like I okay. have definitely Post menopause.
1: Okay, so can you just talk about what a typical weekly routine looks like for you? Like what? And granted, and we know that you're a big mountain biker, but it's I'm just curious.
3: Yeah, no, no. I and I do a lot of gravel now, and gravel tends to be longer. Um, Okay. So like this time of year, you know, I will, I try to get in to make sure one day of lifting. You know, I mean, when 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 I'm in July, especially like the heat of the season, where I might be riding 125 miles on a Saturday, and you know all that stuff. I'll do one day of lifting just to keep the maintenance, right? Just some, just some deadlifts, just some stuff, just because I can, I can feel it if I let it go. Like, so I keep one day in there. I'll do similarly one to two days where I'm doing, um, you know, some short, sharp stuff. Like that's the sprint stuff we're talking about. And then the weekends is just like, I might have a race or I might have just some giant long ride And, um, you know, I try to make sure that I have truly, truly easy, not riding with my friends just harder than I mean to, I'm not always perfect about that. Nobody is, but I try (laughs) to make sure because I can feel the difference. I can feel my legs come back so much better if I really do an actual easy day. And I try to take one day, you know, just nothing, just like regenerative walk the dog, you know, move around, maybe do some yoga or something, but just like to let my body fully recover from everything. But that's, you know, that's pretty much what it looks like. And then in the wintertime, I might lift four days a week, five days a week, you know, I mean, I might lift more. I just like, um, you know, I let it be seasonal. And the, the shoulder seasons are, as you would imagine, maybe I'm doing two to three days a week. So I just let my, my cycling life kind of dictate what that you know what that looks like and i would imagine anybody in your audience would do the same with the running life
2: yeah yeah so, so what workout is your favorite what brings you the most joy
3: well it depends if you're talking about lifting heavy deadlifting makes me feel amazing i like it, give, it gives me this great blissed out feeling in my head i feel strong I, I can feel it on my bike. Like I literally feel like I have another gear on my bike. Like that is by far, if I, if I do nothing else, I do heavy deadlifting period. Like that is my thing. Um, on my bike, I really just like, I like just an all day gravel ride, you know, Mm -hmm. just to be out there for 80 miles or whatever, just seeing where the bike takes me single track wherever. I mean, it just makes me really happy.
2: Do you have a particular trail that you like to ride on?
3: i have trails right outside my back door you know so i'm very fortunate like i do i ride every day pretty much and and that's what i do i'll just be like what sounds fun today and i'll be like well maybe i'll go to that trail that i haven't done in a while sometimes it'll be in my mountain bike if it's an easier trail which we don't have a lot of those in pennsylvania they're mostly very rocky um i'll see if i can do it on my gravel bike just for an extra challenge and it's fun so yeah i mean i i have uh easily three hours worth of trail just around me that i can mm-hmm. ride at my
1: disposal lucky you lucky you. yeah
3: yeah, it makes me really happy yeah Yeah.
1: well thank you celine you are just a wealth of information we we really enjoy talking to you we will um link to both your hit play not pause um podcast and your facebook page because um i'm on that facebook page as well it is a great great resource for active women um that want to keep um keep finding that finding the best their, their best version of themselves so
2: awesome Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us.